The text for the sermon this day is taken from Ephesians 6, this, specifically this verse, where it says, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. That is the text. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to let you in on something. In case you don't know, I like superheroes. Okay, so that's a secret to anybody. In order to fight, and my favorite hero is Batman. And one of the things that Batman does in order to fight against the villains is he gets, he has his costume. Sometimes, in some versions, it's bulletproof when he's got the cowl, the, you know, the cape. He has all these different means to protect himself. Or if you, maybe you like another one, be Iron Man. He's another one who's this high-tech armor to protect himself. See, that is a fictional story of characters who have armor to protect themselves against evil ones. But you live in, a, in the real story, in the real world. You have to deal with the devil. yes. The devil is real. One of the things, one of the schemes I think the devil came up with is that he decided to start creating in car cartoons, in comics, and art. You've ever seen that picture of the devil where he's just kind of a guy with the red, you know, red uh, pajamas and the horns and he just got a pitchfork? That devil is not too terrifying. In fact, we kind of laugh at him. The problem with such depiction, such art, is that it's convinced us, it's subtly given us the idea that the devil is not real. That he's not really a danger. But the reality is, he is real. He is a threat. And he is always working on you. Because he looks at you and he sees a meal. He wants to devour you like a hungry lion. And so he comes up with ways to do it. He whispers into our ears and tells us, you could go and do, you could, you could go do that thing. Don't worry about it. I mean, it's, you know, God will forgive you anyways. He forgave you anyways, so just live however you want. Just go, just go do that. You don't really need to bother with God's word. It's, I mean, once you're baptized, that's all that's needed. Just keep on going. Just keep chucking along. 
The devil loves whispering. Where he tells us that, he tells us, you know what? It's okay to miss church every now and then. And yes, this is going to tie a little bit with last Sunday. But it's okay to miss it. we got to deal with the real problems. There are real issues in the world. Church, that's nice. It makes us feel good. But that isn't the real thing the devil whispers in our ear. And believe, if you really check yourselves, you probably know that that plays in your mind a lot. The devil convincing you that you've got to deal with the real world. Church doesn't deal with it. We've got to deal with the real stuff. Or when we get to church, he likes to whisper us in another way. He might get us to start thinking, start paying attention to the other people and say, oh, I can't believe that sort of person is allowed to be in church. I know how they are in their daily lives. This place is but nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. Which, by the way, you're right, they are, it is. Just so you know, if the church did not allow hypocrites in it, the church would be empty. That's why we're coming here, is because we are hypocrites and we need to go to church. That's the whole point. But the devil doesn't want us to think that way. The devil does not want us to ever think that someone else in that pew might be thinking the very same thoughts about us as we are thinking about them. He does not want us to ever consider that we are frail, that we are sinful, that we are weak, that we are broken. He wants us to pay attention to wanting to be entertained and concerned about how high of a feeling we have. He wants us to be overly concerned about which exactly the type of music we have. It might be that, well, it's not, what, what about, we don't like that hymn, I want another hymn. It might be, or even more, like, you know, there's so much better music on the radio, why can't we have music like that in here? The devil finds every way he can to whisper to us, to lead us astray. And it's for that reason that Paul tells his people to these, this church in Ephesus, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now in case you do, so there comes a question. How do we get this armor of God? I mean, Iron Man, he had to be super genius and had to have built a billionaire in order to buy it. Raise your hand if you're a billionaire. None of you? Oh, darn. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but none of us are, we can afford that. And apparently the Batman costume, somebody actually did make a functioning one out of Pennsylvania, cost him, I think, like almost a million dollars to make it. So how do you get an armor that can withstand the attacks of the devil? He says in that text, fasten the belt of truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness as shoes for your feet, the gospel of peace. Take up the shield of faith. Put on the helmet of salvation. The sword of the, use the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. 
How do we get this? Well, John 14, verse 6, it says, Jesus speaking, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is truth. In Acts 3, when Peter stood tall before the crowd on the day of Pentecost, he told them, you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. Who is the righteous one? Jesus. In Isaiah 9, tell me if this, hopefully this sounds familiar. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Anybody know the last three words? Yep, Prince of Peace. Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. In Luke 19, there's a story of a, a wee little man. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Anybody know that song? And he hid away in a sycamore tree. And he wanted to see Jesus. And Jesus came and told him, I have come to your house. And this is what it says at the end of that, towards the end of that reading. And Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. Who came to Zacchaeus' house? Jesus. Jesus is salvation. John 1, verse 1 and 14 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the, wor the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. See, Jesus is truth. Jesus is righteousness. Jesus is the gospel of peace. Jesus is the shield of faith. Jesus is salvation. Jesus is the word of God. The armor of God is Jesus himself. And Galatians 3.26 says... For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Or, I like some other translation says, have been clothed in Christ. See, that's the kind of a neat little move that Paul does. He says, put on the whole armor of God. If they really think about what he is saying if they, are belie if, they are if they are baptized children of God, they already have the armor of God. You received it right there. 
When you were brought as a little baby and the waters were poured over you, you became, you received the whole armor of God. But if you know Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And, anybody know the next word? Teaching them all that I have commanded them. We talked about this a little bit last week. We, talk, we know of many people that a child becomes, is baptized and they walk, they leave church, and you don't see them again until they're confirmed, until their confirmation. And as soon as they're confirmed, they leave. See, when a parent brings a child to be baptized, they declare before God, before the congregation, before their family, before their friends, that they promise to raise that child in the faith. And whoever is their sponsors, by the way, their godparents, promises that if their parents are being negligent and not doing that, they're supposed to say, hey, get your son or daughter to church. Be, hold to your vows. Because you are to be instructed. So here's the thing. The armor of God, we receive it in baptism. Do you know what happens if we get baptized and we just all of a sudden ignore God's word and just draw ourselves away? What eventually happens, we begin to look, we begin to forget why we have that armor. We begin to look at that belt and say, you know, I really don't need that belt. Let's just get rid of that. Or maybe we'll start to look at the shoes. Don't need that. Let's put that in the corner too. We start to get rid, of the get rid of the breastplate. We get rid of the helmet. We get rid of the shield. We get rid of the sword. And we decide, you know what? My clothes are just fine. I don't need armor. Can you guess how well cloth would work against flaming arrows? In case you're wondering, your t-shirt will not stand. It will start on fire from the flaming, and it'll pierce right through. That's what people do. It's not that God says, it's not that God said, nope, you're no good. This armor, you can't have it anymore. It's that they said, you know what? I don't need it. I'm fine. There's no devil. No one's really attacking me. Somebody just made that up to scare me. So I'm just going to set it aside in the corner and live my own way. Meanwhile, the devil sits in the corner licking his chops, ready to devour. I've used this analogy before. If you've ever seen the, how many of you have ever seen the movie Toy Story? If you remember in Toy, how many of you, when you're growing up, had toys and you put your name on the bottom of it? Even if it was like a football or a Frisbee or something like that, you say, this belongs to the, the Smith house or whatever. When you put that on there, you were labeling it as belonging to you. So in the story of in Toy Story, you have that Woody, like all the toys, received the name of Andy. And so 
That was identifying that they belonged to Andy's room. They belonged to the community of Andy. And no matter where they were, they were Andy's toy. Well, in the second movie, it happens that Woody begins to, is kidnapped by someone, and the name of Andy gets painted over. And as you watch it, Woody falls more and more in love with himself. He sees images of himself on television, in cereal boxes, on toys, and on these posters, and all these different things, and begins to think, "My life would, his life would be so much better on his own than it is with Andy. He begins to worship himself. He begins to forget the name that is on his boot, just as it is for Christians who though they are baptized will grow up and the world and they will withdraw them they'll be withdrawn from the church and the world the devil will give the right images whisper the right words so that we will look and begin to fall in love with ourselves and realize and begin to think you know what i could be life could be so much sweeter if i were not a christian and there's a level of truth to that. In this world, yeah, life is easier to not be a Christian in this life. But in the movie, if you've seen it, what happens is the other toys, in very comedic stories, you know, they come running across the highway, causing absolute chaos. But they eventually go and seek out Woody. Which, by the way, is a wonderful image. I honestly think Andrew Stanton, who wrote Toy Story, intentionally did a lot of this. Because Andrew Stanton, from what I've read of him, is a very strong Christian. And I, re I look at how much Christian imagery is in that movie, I'm like, that cannot be on accident. How, how fine-tuned he's got the Christian life depicted in that movie. Because what should happen when a person wanders from the flock of Christ is what we are supposed to be doing and saying, going out and saying, come back. You need to be here. We're supposed to go out and seek them. Draw them back to the word. And that is what they did. And in the movie you see Woody begins to wipes away the paint and is remembered that he still belongs to Andy. That is what it is with the armor of God. We may put it away in the corner. We may dust it away. We may begin to build dust. It is never too late to tell someone about the faith. A person may come back in their last hours. It may be in their last hours that the Holy Spirit Grabs, firmly grabs hold of them and says, you are mine. And they receive that armor all again. That they may enter into eternity as a prince, as an heir of paradise. That is what we receive in baptism, is that armor. And we have that armor in this world, 
that we may stand against the devil. That's why we don't neglect the word. The devil is real. He wants you dead. I don't mean just physically dead. He wants you eternally dead and suffering. And he does not stop attacking. It is real. If you ever want to read about devils, if you ever want to read about how real the devil is, have you ever heard of the movie The Exorcist? That the real exorcism happened at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, Missouri. In other words, I slept a couple hundred feet from it for three years. The devil is real. And he wants you eternally dead. That's why we come to Jesus. We hear his word over and over. That is why that hymn that we just sang, which I don't know if you noticed, but that wasn't, this isn't actually the hymn of the day. From depths of woe I cry to thee is the hymn of the day. But this one goes very well with it. With this text. Lord, keep us steadfast in your word. Curb those who, who by deceit or sword would wrest the kingdom from your son and bring to naught all he has done. Lord Jesus Christ, your power make known, for you are Lord of lords alone. Defend your holy church that we may sing your praise eternally. O comforter of priceless worth, send peace and unity on earth. Support us in our final strife and lead us out of death to life. Remain steadfast in his word. That is a good hymn to pray that he would keep us steadfast, that the devil would choke on the armor that he, he would choke on us. He can't get us. We belong to Jesus. We belong to an eternal kingdom. And no, a lion can't really chomp through an armor. That's why he'd choke. You'd be fine. Give thanks to God for that blessing. And live in it. Keep steadfast in it. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand as we sing, Create in me a clean heart. <laughs>